Well, this morning we're going to be talking about works. We've we looked at faith, we looked at uh, grace, and today we're going to be looking at works and how works are basically our faith and our grace in action. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. We all know this verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. I love the way the NRSV words this particular verse. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. And we, we used this verse last week. So we, we, we know that we can't earn our way into God's favor. We can't earn our way. We can't earn God's grace. We can't earn salvation. We can't do enough good things to to put ourselves in good with God. It's impossible. And Paul was giving the Ephesians a little bit of reminder, reminding them, because they were, you know, they were proud of what they were doing. They were proud of what they were doing in their community and how they were growing as a church. And Paul said, hey, it's not you, it's, it's Christ. And just in case you start boasting, realize you're not anything special outside of Christ. So we know that works can't earn us salvation. We know that works can't save us from our sins. So, so what are they good for? Well, uh, James bringing a, uh, the other side of works. So we know that works can't earn us salvation. But they are important. James chapter 2, we'll be looking at verse 14 through 26 this morning. James says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. So a lot of times we, we read Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith. It is not of our own doing. And it is wonderful, powerful truth. But sometimes we we take that verse and we're, I'm saved by grace. It ends there. I'm good. And we don't realize that there's more to walking in faith. There's more to following Christ. And as we talked about, when we talked about faith, that faith that's untested, faith that is not enacted, is simply an unfounded belief. We see that James is saying that works the things that we do, the good things that we do, the things that Christ has called us to do, that these are signs of true faith. These are signs of life within us. A body that is without breath, that isn't inhaling and exhaling life-sustaining air, is not alive. In the same way, if we are not inhaling from God, His Holy Spirit, and, and exhaling out into the world around us that, 
that same spirit through the works and the things that we do, then we are, as James says, we're spiritually dead. Our faith is dead. It's, it's non-existent. Yes, maybe we had a form of belief or a faith, but it's not been activated. It's still lying dead. Too often, spiritual life is confused for religious motion. I forget what the surveys are, but if you survey, um, you know, they surveyed the United States, and I forget, like 90% of Americans claim to be Christian, claim to have faith in Christ. Now, if we look at the, the actions of the majority of our nation and our selfishness and, and the way we, we conduct ourselves, I would dare say that there are a lot of individuals that don't truly understand what it means to have faith, what it means to truly trust and follow Christ. Too many people are confused by religious motion. I took a refresher course this past week in CPR, and part of the, the course is you've got to look for signs of life. You can't just, you know, just because someone's laying there doesn't mean you start CPR right away. You might rudely uh, interrupt someone's nap. So you go and uh, shake them. Hey, buddy. Hey, lady. You okay? They don't respond. Go get 911. And then you assess for signs of life. You've got to feel to see if there's any breath. You put your head down. You feel if there's any breath hitting your cheek. And you look to see if their chest is rising or not. And, of course, then you begin to give your, your, uh, your chest compressions and your two breaths and as you give the breaths, you have to watch to make sure the, the chest is, is rising and, and falling to make sure the air is getting in there. And then eventually when they begin to, to breathe on their own, you know, or cough or, or sit up and say stop, you, you know that they're, they're alive and you, you can stop. So there's this signs of life, the chest moving up and down, the, the, the breath, it's, it's a sign of life. But not all movement is a sign of life. Just because someone is on a a ventilator and they're having air forced into their lungs and their chest is going up and coming down does not mean that they're alive. So in the same way, many self-professing Christians have false signs of life just enough movement to give the impression of life. Saying just the right things here and there or, or you know, going to church every so often or, or, you know, putting their Bible out on the coffee table before someone visits. Giving apparent signs of life. Many people are on religious ventilators. They're going through religious motions. They're going through traditions. And there's nothing wrong with traditions. And it's great having a rich tradition and having, um, you know, things that we do within church that helps us worship and helps us think of him. But when we're just simply doing those things, when we're simply just going through the motions, we're simply on a religious ventilator. And we might actually be spiritually dead. Faith without works is dead. 
James is not saying that if you do good things, you have faith. Obviously, it's, it's not what he's saying. Everything he says is in line with what Paul has, has taught and what Christ taught them. James is not saying that we earn our salvation. What he is saying is that if we have truly accepted God's grace, if we truly have faith in Christ and, and everything that he, he said, then our lives will reflect this. And what and how we do things in our lives will bear witness to the faith that we have. I don't know if any of you are, I know a number of you are on Facebook, and I don't know if it's a recent thing, but it seems like recently everyone's got a Facebook movie. Uh, does anybody know what that is? Basically, they, they, Facebook's got a thing where it takes, yeah, <laughs> it, it takes a bunch of, I believe it, I didn't do it, I, I hate these kind of things. Uh, it takes a bunch of pictures from your posting, from your timeline, from your, was it like a year or so, or whatnot? It, all from when you started Facebook to the end. So this, for some of you, this might be uh, a, a trilogy, I don't know. But, uh, but it puts all these pictures together, and you see this progression of, of your photos and the things that you've posted. And, and for some people, you see changes within them physically as the photos change. For some people, you can see smiley faces and rainbows and pictures of puppies and kittens, and then, whoa, they must have had a dark spot in life, and there's just, you know, all really sad country song posts and, you know, you know snarky little comments here and there, and, and then maybe it shifts. Well, imagine if someone followed us around this past week or maybe this past month or maybe even this past year, it was making a documentary of our lives. You just stop and think for a second. What did I do this week? For me, it gets kind of blurry sometimes. What did I do this last month? How's my life been this past year? And if your mind's racing back like mine, you're going to get little blips and you're like, oh, I wouldn't want a camera there. I wouldn't want a camera or crew there when I said that or when I did this. So if there was a documentary of our, of our lives, recent or, or, or long, what would that film footage reveal? Would it reveal a life saved by grace? Would it reveal a life living through faith in Christ? After confessing to have faith in Christ, would there be a clear point of change in purpose? and our, who we were in that movie, what our character, what our purpose, our drive, would it change? Or would the film footage reveal a life, heart, and mind unchanged? Would the film reveal a life riddled with compromise, plagued by self-serving exploits or self-destructive behavior? Would it be a comedy? Would it be a tragedy? No, whether... All of our lives have taken different routes and sometimes our lives are more of a comedy and sometimes it's a tragedy. But whether it's a tragedy or whether it's a, a comedy, the content of that life, the content of that movie, the content of the characters of who we are must reflect Christ. 
Now, no one's life would be perfect, obviously. My, my life movie alone would prove that. And the texts of the Bible have made it so clear that we cannot earn God's favor. So we, sh- we shouldn't think, oh my goodness, my, my, my life's movie, if I'm, boy, that would not, uh, I'd hate for that to go on the big screen. It's not the, the quality of, of our past or the things that we've done that earns us favor with God. The Bible's very clear of that. God does not love us more or less based upon the things that we've done. We cannot earn our way out of judgment for our sins. It is God's free gift to all who would ask and receive. But our works, the things we do, things we say, how we, how we live our lives, do often give signs of the life we have or don't have in Christ. It is so important that we understand the relationship between, between good works and faith. You know, we can't have one without the other. And, and within uh, Christendom, we're, we're so good at, at going to extremes. We, we run to this extreme and we run to that extreme. And it's so important that we find a healthy balance in understanding that we are saved by, by grace through faith, by simply receiving and asking Christ. He offers it to us. But then works comes in is where we actually take it and we use it and we apply it. James goes on in verse 18. We continue here. Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Even the demons recognize that Jesus was the Son of God, that he died on the cross and rose again. You know, I lived in Minneapolis and down, right downtown, and oftentimes you get people who would try to uh, swindle you out a few bucks, and it was at a Christian college, and every time the, the freshmen were on campus, all the, the fresh meat were coming in, um, all the swindlers would, would just start showing up, and they would all have Jesus t-shirts on, and, and they all had good stories about how they, you know, they, uh, Jesus saved them, and they believed he was the son of God, and then they would, you know, take the freshmen's money and, and go buy drugs. And maybe they did believe in Jesus. Maybe they did. Maybe they did believe the story, but simply believing that Jesus is the Son of God, simply believing that he died for the sins of the world, is not accepting his salvation. Just because we say we believe in something doesn't mean we actually value, appreciate, or apply it to ourselves. Now, I can, I can say that I believe in exercise. I can say that I believe in living a healthy life, but if I, if I don't exercise, if I eat junk all the time, if I abuse my body with uh, substances, and, and then my actions prove that I don't truly value, appreciate, 
myself or the benefits of what's being offered. Or I think I'm just not in need of it. Or maybe I do recognize that I, I need something. Maybe I do recognize the value and the, the worth of, of exercise, but I'm not ready to give up my old ways, my old habits. So I keep saying, well, someday I'll change. Someday I'll actually live out what I believe. There are millions of people who claim to believe in Christ, but they show that same level of contempt and carelessness towards God's grace, his love, and his commandments. We all do from time to time take for granted God's grace. We take for granted what he has given us and we show contempt for it when we, when we don't live as God has called us to live, when we don't truly accept and take for face value what he's calling us to do and the importance of it. We're showing contempt and we're devaluing what Christ did on the cross for us. Sincere faith and trust in Christ, it it motivates us to choose to take right action and to choose obedience to him even when we don't feel like it. In our society, we're, we're great at doing things if we feel like it. We're great at, at uh, looking at things and the value of things and how it will benefit us just in the now and not worrying about the consequences of the later. Jesus didn't say, hey, I, I know it's rough out there. Sin can be a lot of fun, and at least until the next day and the guilt and the shame kick in. But hey, at least in the moment, you know, it, it feels right. So don't worry about all things I said about sin and destruction. Just do what you want. Come back to me when you feel like it or you've run out of options, and then I'll be there for you. I don't remember reading that in the Gospels. He does say he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He will be there for us. And some of us have done exactly this in our lives. And we know that when we turn back, his love was never ending. He was there for us. But until we turn back to him, until we get back to him, we're not walking in his grace. Jesus didn't say, hey, you know what? If you, if you uh, look squeaky clean and act perfect on the outside, you earn the right to look down on others, be judgmental, and keep a long distance away from anyone who might need you to tell them about him. On the other extreme, sometimes we, we it's so easy to say, well, you know, I, I'm doing such a good job walking a holy life. I don't want to dare, you know, talk to this person over here because what if it rubs off on me? Or what if someone sees me talking to this uh, person over there and they, they think, you know, I'm like them? There has to be balance we truly love Jesus, if we truly believe what he has told us and what he has called us to, then our hearts, our minds, and bodies will be moved to action. We'll be moved to good works. We'll be moved to live in obedience to our loving and perfect Heavenly Father. You know, we forget sometimes that when we submit ourselves to Christ, when we we come to him, that we're giving up control of our lives that we're letting go, that we are humbling ourselves as, as children and recognizing that our Heavenly Father sees all and knows all and has our best interest at heart. My, my four and two-year-old, they, 
they don't always listen very well because they don't realize that I have their best interest at heart. When I say, don't run in the road, there's a reason for it. When I say, don't jump head first off the Duplo table, there's a reason for it. Let me get some pillows. We'll make it fun and safe. Then you can jump off. Verse 21. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Faith without works is dead. We see this in the story of of Abraham. Abraham was counted as a man of faith. There's a reason why God went to Abraham. He saw Abraham's desire for him. That in all the people that were on earth at that time, there was one individual who saw and recognized the one God, the creator of all. And he talked to him and, and he trusted him. And, and Abraham's faith was faith because he didn't simply believe in God, but when God told him something, he did it. He had true faith and trust. He trusted God so much that when God tested him on his faith to see how much do you trust me? How much do you believe in me, God said, I want your son, the one who I promised to you, the one that everyone said would be impossible for you to have, the one who every blessing that I've promised and given to you is based upon, I want you to give that back to me. And Abraham said, okay. Now, we don't get a real in-depth look in the scripture at all the, I, I know there had to be turmoil. There had to be a struggle within Abraham. He would not have been human if there wasn't. But there was a part of him that said, I fully have faith and trust that God will provide. And then if God said all these things are going to happen, they're going to happen. And it's not my worry to figure it all out, but I need to simply trust and obey God and take steps in faith of action. And as he did so, as he uh, began to, to gather his son, of course, then we get this beautiful, beautiful foretelling of God's purpose and plan for humanity. We see the one promised son walking up a hill with wood on his back to be the sacrifice. And what God was telling him, Abraham didn't realize, but God was saying, I'm going to give you all that I have. I'm going to give you my best. Are you willing to give your best to me? And Abraham said yes. And he took a step of faith, and he knew that God had his best interest at heart, and God did. God stopped him, and God provided that ram and provided that sacrifice. But it was that action. It was that step of of faith. It was not true faith until he activated it, until he walked in obedience. Sometimes we, we concern ourselves too much with what are good works. You know, I, I, do, I do this and I do that and, and uh, you know, I'm, the good works. 
are the things that Christ has called us to do. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Forgive others. Look after the widows and the orphans, as James later says. Perfect religion is this. Looking after the widows and orphans, basically looking after those who can't look after themselves. Doing for those who can't do for themselves. We could not save ourselves. Christ did that for us. And it's simply walking in obedience. Good works, doing the good works that God has called us to is simply being obedient to his word and to what his Holy Spirit speaks and calls us to do through our everyday lives. If we're walking in the grocery store and, and you see someone in front of you and are behind you and maybe, maybe you've got uh, a lot of stuff and you know, they've got a few things or no, actually, it's the other way. Always, people usually always let the person. Let's say you've got just a few things, and there's some lady with a lot of groceries in, back there, and she's wrangling about three different kids. And it's only going to take you a couple minutes, but the Holy Spirit says, let her go first. Those simple acts of obedience to that, those are good works. It's those things that people don't normally do that don't make sense, and, and in those moments... Smiling, showing love, showing Christ. And as the Holy Spirit gives opportunity, sharing why you have love, sharing why you have compassion. There's someone in the church, I won't embarrass them, but I, I love this story. But uh, there's someone in the, in the church here, and they, had, they were at Menards, and they had gotten their things. And, and this is one of those things, it doesn't seem super spiritual, but it is. And there was a guy who had a big giant thing of foam, you know, like for insulating or some kind of big foam. And he was, poor guy was trying to figure out his truck was too small and he couldn't get it in the window and he didn't have anything tied on the top. And he was going to tie it down, but, you know, foam like that, you get a good gust of wind, it's going to snap, it's going to break. And so this individual said, tell you what, let's put it in my vehicle, I'll follow you all the way to the other side of, of Watertown, the opposite direction of where I'm going, and I'll help you. Those are good works. Those are good deeds. Just a little bit more of what it means to do good works. We can't say we believe in God's grace and that we have accepted Christ if we don't choose to accept that new life and fresh start he has called us to. That's our first action, our first good work, to receive, to take in what he has called us to. A lot of people say they believe in God's grace. But if you believe in something, you're going to use it. To we can't say we believe in Christ's love and not show it to the world and people around us. We can't say we believe in loving other people and not do it ourselves. Another application, we can't say we believe in miracles and not go through the action of prayer, fasting, and interceding for miracles. And sometimes we are 
the answer to someone else's prayer or the miracle that they're looking for. We can't say we believe God is worth all that we have and are if we do not worship him with all that we have and all that we are, our bodies, our time, our money, our resources, our families, our jobs, everything. We can't say we believe God gives comfort to the poor, lonely, and sick if we aren't willing to be his voice, hands, and feet to deliver that comfort and healing. We can't say we believe God forgives all who ask and repent and not forgive those who have hurt us. We can't say we believe God's word is true and then do and say the opposite. If we truly believe it, if we truly value God's word, then we're going to do it. We can't say we have faith in God and that we have surrendered our lives to Christ if we refuse to obey the conviction and leading of the Holy Spirit. As I said before, none of us are perfect. We will make mistakes in our journey and our walk with Christ. That's why I love uh, the Gospels. That's why I love Acts. We see stories of imperfect people imperfectly following Christ. They stumble They fall. But what sets them apart from all the other people that were standing and following Christ is they got back up and they continued to follow him. They didn't turn and walk away when things got hard. They didn't turn and walk away when Christ said, take up your cross and follow me. And so when we hit those imperfect moments in our lives, when we fall down, but we hear that voice of conviction speaking to us, will we respond to it? Will we allow the Holy Spirit, will we allow God's word to to bring conviction, or will we harden our hearts and continue to do what we want and, and how we want to do things, despite what God's calling us to? And it's not always the the sins that we think of and that the Bible has clearly laid out. Sometimes it's simply doing the opposite of what God is calling us to do or simply doing what he has called us to do it in our way and not his way. Works do not save us. Only Jesus can do that. But how we live our lives and the things we say and do and communicate to the world around us whether or not we truly believe what we say we believe, they communicate these things. Works do not save us, but they are a life sign. If someone saw that movie of our life right now, if we began to scroll our trailers or movie clips up there of each and every one of us, what would it say our passion is? In every movie, there's, there's a, a goal, there's a passion, there's something that is moving the storyline forward, there's something that is moving the character forward. What would our movie say our passion is? What would our actions, our works, our deeds within that movie, what would it tell them we believe in? Would people see our actions and thoughts and say, that is a person 
who believes and has faith and trust in God? Would they see a redemptive story with Christ at the center? Or would they just see another lost soul with Christ on the outside waiting to be let in? So I just want to challenge us this week to allow God to speak to us and to reveal to us and, and not that we do things to earn God's favor. We, we can't earn God's favor. We don't do things to, to get from God. We do things and we give because we have gotten from God, because we have received from him this amazing love this amazing forgiveness. We have received this empowerment. We've received giftings and blessings beyond measure. And it is as we put our faith into action, it is as we do the things that Christ has called us to do, as we are his hands and his feet and his, his uh, voice to the world around us, as we walk in obedience to the things that he's called us to, it's in those moments that we really step in and begin to receive the blessings that he has for us. We'll later be talking about the, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and the giftings that God gives within his body to, to function and to operate. But why in the world would God give us his, his gifts and why in the world would he bless us if we don't believe and trust him for what he is offered and has given us? Why would he bless his body of, if we're not alive and, and working as he's called us to? And so I would have challenged this morning to every so often. Of course, as we, we pray and we meditate, we're, when we are consistently talking to God and, and actually listening to him, and we're in his word and we're praying and and talking to God, it's in those moments that His Holy Spirit is continually recorrecting us, keeping us on track, keeping us on course, and, and can bring conviction if we are getting off kilter somewhat. But allow ourselves to be aware and just to ask God, say, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing in the day-to-day? How am I talking to people? How am I... Am I giving of myself? Am I going out of my way to show the love of Christ? Do my works, do my actions show a faith in Christ or a faith in myself?